following contains explicit language and possibly triggering content. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and thank you for joining me on the Black Moment podcast. I'm Cassandra, and I'll be kicking off this podcast with my own Black Moment But before I get into all of that, I'm going to briefly explain what this series is all about. The black moment is a term used in the writing world when you're writing a novel, which means the time when the main character is confronted with events that leave them feeling hopeless. It's the part right before the climax leading to the happy ending or unhappy ending in some cases. So basically, what changed you? Who were you before? What did you go through? How did you come out the other side? What did the world look like for you afterwards? I started this podcast because I decided to harness an odd talent of mine, (laughs) or I seem to have strangers share random facts about their life. Like when I worked as a security guard, I had a woman come up to me and ask me if I had kids. And I said, no, she said, good. Don't ever have them. I could have been something. Okay. Another time was when I was waiting for a friend outside of a bookstore, a homeless man struck up a conversation with me about hating shallow people. Then out of the blue, he decided to tell me to look out for girls who sat with their toes pointed inward because that's who you know who to rape. I once held the door open for an older woman who was walking with a cane. She just stopped in her tracks and told me, I don't know what happened. One day I went to bed and I woke up and I couldn't get out of bed. Needless to say, I now do yoga, (laughs) even though I used to mock it relentlessly. And why is life like that? You know, sometimes the things you fear and hate the most, you end up facing, becoming, doing. And this makes me so fascinated by the human spirit and how even just a sliver of it, when the rust has crumbled away, can still change everything. Now, this show does include explicit language and possibly triggering material. Life is full of such things and... There's no escaping it here. We're going to get real. Uh, If you would like to share your story, contact me at connect at theblackmomentpodcast.com. Or you can just go to our website, theblackmomentpodcast.com. And we have a range of ways you can get a hold of us there. Send in audio clips, tag us in a YouTube video, do whatever you need to do to reach out and share your story. We'll read your anonymous email on the air as well, if you would like it that way. Or we can just schedule an actual time for you to be on the show and we can talk about it. So now let me get into my black moment story. I actually have a few because it do be like that sometimes. But I'm going to talk about a meltdown I had when I was about 22, 23 years old. So let me paint a picture for you of my life at this point. I grew up in a troubled household, you know, latchkey kid. Uh, 
mom was off always working and doing schooling, and that just left me and my sisters free reign. But my sisters were quite a bit younger than me, and in turn, I ended up being their mom, basically. And we were very poor. I don't know where all that money went, but I remember eating only popcorn for dinner or sticks of gum or my mom begging her boyfriend to buy us uh, some fast food dinner. But eventually I was fed up with my mom's questionable morals and also having to mother my sisters when my mom was perfectly capable of doing it herself. So I ended up leaving home when I was 17 and moved in with my abusive significant other. We were living out of my car eventually. And uh, it got pretty bad at times. Uh, I was eating my dog's food because I ran out of money and couldn't afford to buy any other food. And uh, I was actually uh, homeless in Hawaii. So that made things a little bit easier as far as like weather, but actually buying things, everything was really expensive. So I ran out of money fairly quickly. I ended up leaving after a big blowout fight, moving to a whole new different state courtesy of mom's credit card and trying to start over again. So then I went out to live with my dad and he lived in the middle of nowhere in Illinois. And uh, my dad set me up with a car and a phone and he said, go out, make some friends. Met a few guys there and they were seemed all nice and friendly and uh we just started driving around because that's all you can do and uh they told me to stop at a house i figured it was one of their houses they ran inside and then they literally came running back out with an xbox in their hands and i'm like what in the fuck is happening they came and jumped in the car. They said, drive, drive. And I said, what did you do? And they're like, oh, yeah, we know that guy from school. And we just broke in and took his Xbox. Drive, drive. Anyway, I dropped them off at home. And long story short, I ended up getting possession of stolen property and contributing to the delinquency of minors because I was 18 and they were 17. That was two misdemeanors. And I went to court and my dad said, this is all on you. Good luck. And sent me on my way into the courtroom. I had a public defender, which I find it's useless. Because for two misdemeanors, I ended up getting a month in jail. And uh, jail was interesting. Very boring, but also interesting. No one there could even believe that I was in there. <laughs> they thought I was an undercover cop. They started calling me Hawaii 5-0. I learned how to make waste bins out of newspaper. I learned how to make hair ties out of sock elastic. Uh, we made makeshift ways to hang sheets down so you could have a little bit of privacy. We balled up mass amounts of socks to make like a football and throw it around. It was just really boring there. All we had was cards, books and a TV that was on one channel. The shower was a pain in the ass. You had to like hold a button down the entire time. Like people just broke off a piece of plastic of something and wedged it in there so it would stay. And then I found out that a lot of these ladies were like writing porn 
to their boyfriends or husbands. <laughs> sometimes it was about them. Sometimes it was like fictional. And it was just this really basic, you know, I want to say I could call it erotica, but I want to just call it porn because that's what it was like. It was kissing straight into fucking until he came the end. It was almost no details, just very plain as day like that, like a seven sentence paragraph, the end. So my little writer ass was all like, I got to do this. I don't even have anybody to send this off to, but I need to write one. So I did. And people just passed it around. They asked if they could copy it and stuff and they were sending it off. It's hilarious. One of the guards was into it. People were asking me for my autograph. It was, it was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. And I read it recently and it is not that great. I promise. I got to hear horror stories from prison, awful people that they had to bunk with, but there was no drama really other than somebody take my toothbrush. It got to the point where we were overcrowded. Um, we ended up having to get moved into essentially an office or something. Um, you know, at like a standing desk and a chalkboard. And we all had our mats and we all just slept on our mats on the floor. But we were super grateful because since that was an actual office, there was an actual window so we could actually see sunrises and things like that. And after I got out, um, I went back to live with my dad, but all of my privileges had been taken away and he said, find you a job or get out. I tell you, once I had a record, and especially with the delinquency of minors thing and theft, these are like two huge red flags for people in the hiring process. And I could not get a job at any fast food place anywhere. Like I applied to everything out there. I eventually got a job doing newspapers, but it still wasn't enough. So eventually I got kicked out and I was couch hopping all over Illinois just basically trying to live off of the kindness of others. I would, I didn't have a car, so I just walked everywhere or I would have people drop me off somewhere and I would just be stuck in whatever town I was. I was sleeping under park benches, um, staying up all night in uh, 24 hour restaurants, just nursing the same cup of coffee. I would go days without eating and uh, I was very, 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 very depressed and lost. Eventually, I moved back to Hawaii once my mom saw that I had no future out in Illinois. I got my shit together. I got two awesome, high-paying jobs. I moved in with a friend of mine who I found out worked right next door to me. And these were all foreign to me. This was all new, finally making it on my own. But then the rent started going up and I ended up losing one of my jobs and then I lost my other job and the only job I could get was McDonald's and that was not going to be enough money to get me rent anywhere in Hawaii. I ended up going into a bad relationship uh, with a person with dissociative identity disorder or multiple personalities, but they don't like that word. Um, 
that was a roller coaster and very draining and confusing. And eventually I couldn't, my dignity didn't allow me to stay in that situation where my stuff was being paid for, but I'm also being shared with other people because these other personalities needed multiple people to have sex with besides me. I couldn't do it. It was too much. I could barely handle my own mental health. (laughs) So I decided to sell my car and uh, move in with my uncle in Colorado. It was very jarring. It was so cold. And I couldn't even get myself to get out of bed for the first month between depression and with how cold it was. And even in the house, he still had the AC cranked up to 68 It took me a while to find work, but it didn't take me too terribly long. I had enough money to get me through a few months of paying my uncle rent. Uh, I finally got a job at a fast food place. That's all I could get, but beggars can't be choosers. I started working. I got my first paycheck, and I either had enough money to keep my phone on and continually find out my schedule to work and continue working or to pay the rent for my uncle. So I told him what was going on. And I said, if you could just hang on for my next paycheck, I could pay you the rent because I really need my phone to make sure I can get to work for Google maps, all of that kind of stuff. But he said, Nope, get out. If you can't pay, get out. And I lost it. I completely lost it. Here I was, you know, I had nowhere to go. I knew nobody here. I'm going to be homeless again. And this time in Colorado, a snap. I was tired of being hungry. I was tired of being jobless. I was tired of being homeless. I was tired of these circumstances just constantly falling on me. You know, most people say victim of circumstance is crap, but it really was that. I had just broken up with a new girl from Colorado, and I called her, freaking out, telling her everything that was going on. I just didn't really have anybody else to talk to, so I just ranted and raved about the whole situation. Um, The meanwhile, you know, she's half paying attention to me I could feel it and I just grabbed a razor blade and started cutting up my face I told my Colorado ex that I wanted to just take the Klonopin my DID ex gave me and drink booze and take a bath and drown and die and be done with it but I knew I didn't have the guts because I had tried to do such things before and couldn't Then there's a knock on the door, and in comes my uh, Hawaii ex, the DID ex, and she's trying to console me, and she's like, I bear gifts, pot. (laughs) And it was her and another friend of ours from Hawaii, and they just came in, and I was ranting and raving to them and smoking and just talking and feeling like complete depressed shit just 
losing total sight of who I was, why I existed. Oh, and side note, my DID ex had followed me out to Colorado. She says it was for school. My other friends were saying otherwise, whatever. But she ended up coming over to the house and trying to console me with pot. (laughs) And then there was a knock on the door and it was two police officers. And they're like, we don't care about the weed. We just care about your life. So somebody called the cops. And this is still a disputed thing. uh, Who actually called the cops? Anyway, I told them I was generally okay. I told them, yeah, you know, I'm getting kicked out. It sucks. I'm really upset. And uh, they asked to see how much weed we had. And I showed them the the tiny baggie. And they're like, okay, well, you have friends here. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and keep that weed? Um, We think you're okay. Have a good night. So they leave, crisis averted, but that added just another layer of just, ugh, my life and the law and why does these things keep happening? And so I started packing up all my stuff, angrily crying. And then my ex said, come and stay with me. And I didn't have really any other choice unless I wanted to go to a homeless shelter, which is terrifying and not safe for women, or go and stay with her again, bide my time and figure something else out. But just the fact that I was going to go back into this unstable situation with her, even without her, just period, this whole unstable thing, my brain just snapped. I just lay down on the ground outside in the cold night air and looked up at the sky, and it was just like, I just want to decay and fall apart and just die and blow away with the wind right now. But I knew I wasn't going to. I knew I was just stuck living in this hell, this hell of poverty and no money and being hungry, never being able to do shit on my own. I always had to rely on somebody else. And I just snapped. I wasn't reacting or conversing with my ex. I was silent. I was like a zombie. I was so dissociated out of my body. Numb. My ex took me to a fast food place to get some food. And I looked up at that menu and all I could think was none of this matters. I'm already dead. I wasn't hungry. I didn't cry. I wasn't upset. I was just, uh, uh, just, just going through the motions because I had no idea what else to do. So I stayed with my ex for maybe a couple weeks, a few weeks, until one of her friends that had actually moved out to Colorado from Hawaii as well stayed over. And in the middle of the night, he crept out of my ex's bedroom. And I thought that maybe he forgot his phone out there or the charger or something. And he was just trying not to wake me up. But 
He crawled out like on his hands and feet, not not even knees, hands and feet like a spider. It was creepy, but I benefited the doubt of it until he sat up against the couch and the street light from outside beamed in through the window and hit him in the couch so I could perfectly see his shadow silhouetted on the wall. And he, and then I began to feel the couch shake and hear the thwapping and see his shadow vibrate as he masturbated. And I was frozen. I sat there trying to think of what to do. Should I scream? Should I yell? Should I text my ex? Should I, what should I say? And before I could even think of anything to do, it was over. He finished up and crawled back into my ex's bedroom. And immediately I just texted her. I just laid there on the couch awake all night waiting for her to wake up and look at the phone. I didn't even want to go into the bedroom with him there. When she woke up and she finally saw the text and she came out and didn't believe me at first. She asked me questions. She asked me to get descriptive. I did. And I don't know why, but she just didn't believe me. And she did approach the guy and was like, hey, did you beat off to my ex? You know, and he's like, no, what? What? No. That's how you know guys are lying is when they say what a thousand times. What? What? Just FYI. (laughs) And she said, okay, well, if this happened, we should go file a police report. And I said, word, all right, cool, let's do it. So we filed a report. The police officer just said, you know, wrong place, wrong time, buddy. We didn't press charges or anything. We just filed a report in case something like that happened to somebody else. If someone else was actually abused, you know, then they would take their word more seriously, having my word as backup. But all of this stress, I reached out to my mom And I tried to tell her about what happened to me because I knew she had been sexually assaulted numerous times herself. But her response was, well, at least you weren't raped. And she said that it was my fault. And it seemed like every person I talked to, they all said it was my fault. And this just added a whole other layer of depression. I can't even live my life just trying not to even step on any toes. Just just trying to be and shit still keeps happening. I'm just doomed to suffer. And no one's going to give a shit. No one's going to be there for me. Nobody's going to tell me it's going to be okay. And then my ex got on my case being like, how come you don't confide in me? How come you don't talk to me? How come you don't like me? How come you won't this, this, that, that? And I said, I'm depressed. I don't want to be here. I'm here because I have no other choice. And then she said, fine, get out. And I said, fine, I'll get out. So I tried to figure out... 
I don't know, storage units to go live in. I didn't know what to do. I had no idea what to do. I considered joining the military, even though I would really, really hate to do so because I just didn't know what to do for money. And I even considered just going back to jail or prison. And I'm like, fuck it, I'll just take out some people with me and just go to prison. At least I'll have somewhere to eat and sleep. Luckily, my other uncle ended up taking me in. Um, I stayed in his basement with him and his wife and his kids. And I continued to work. And I took a light rail and a bus two hours to work and two hours back home at night. At the end of the day, I would sometimes miss the last bus because my shift was so long. And then I would have to walk 11 miles from the light rail station to home. I would occasionally try to call the family and see if they could give me a ride, but they would never answer the phone, even though I would come home and they'd still be awake. I think they just ignored my calls because it was my fault and my situation that I got myself into. So the place I was working at was a fast food place within an amusement park. They told me that once the amusement park closed down that they could transfer me to another store, but push came to shove, they didn't do shit. Even though I was nearly promoted to manager. So, back to job score one again. And I had bills, and I was trying to live off of like $20 worth of food a month, and... I was asking people if anybody could help me out. Of course, nobody did. And then I just had a moment where I was like, you know what? Fuck everyone else. I'm not the problem here. Everyone else is fucking crazy. And you know what? If everyone else is going to be a fucked up figure in my life, forget it. I would rather be alone. My best friend is going to be me. Apparently, that is all I have. And something in me just got angry, got so angry, and said, all right, that's it. I'm doing what I want now. I'm doing whatever I want. I do not need anybody else. I would go to the amusement park by myself. I would go to concerts by myself. I would go to the bars by myself. I would go to the clubs by myself. I would go to the library by myself. I would go everywhere by myself. And everyone seemed to give me crap for it. It was a very interesting social experiment because it seemed like everywhere I went, people were totally shocked that I was by myself. What? You're with no one? Like, huh? And it just made me really think about our social society how very few people can go out and do stuff by themselves. They're not secure enough. They want to experience the joy with somebody else. They want somebody else there to validate the experience. They want fun, but alone is a little too scary. So I started to feel really brave, and I started to feel really good about myself. And I fully embraced it. And once you discover the joys of being alone, it is hard to give up. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to roll with the punches. I had a dating profile and I just said, you know what? I'm going to say yes to a date from everybody who asks me because whatever. I'm going to step outside the box. I'm going to date people that weren't my typical type. You know, I liked the bad girls, the 
the sultry bad girls, but it meant bad things, of course. Why do you want a bad girl? The word bad is in there. Unstable. (laughs) So I decided, okay, I'm just going to date whoever wants to. Let's do it. Okay. And I did. I went out with maybe five or six different girls and I learned a lot and I told them all, you know, okay, let's go out for a drink. I never was serious with any of them. And the more I dated, the more I realized what I needed and especially being focused on myself now, instead of being focused at the outside world, just being focused on what makes me happy, me being supportive to myself me forgiving myself and then respecting myself and trusting myself to make the right decisions that will keep me safe and happy. And since those standards were now higher, I slowly watched my friends list shrink and shrink and shrink until there was like basically nobody left. And still I was like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to go to work, keep figuring myself out, having fun along the way. You know, fuck what I want. What do I need? I had no idea, but one great thing that was about to enter my life was right under my nose. I found another job working at a bowling alley snack bar. I found myself connecting with my trainer. And then I found myself coming in early to work just so I could talk to her. And then I found myself buying donuts and coffee, not just for myself, but her. And then I find myself sharing old suicidal poems with her. And then it turns out she writes too, and she shares her old suicidal poems with me. And it turns out our voice is the same. And we just had this very easy vibe. I was very content with being single. She was with somebody else. And we just talked without any sort of pressure. And the vibe was insane. The pull was insane. It got to the point where I told her, maybe we can't work together because I know you're with somebody and I'm going to respect that. And she said, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. Like, I'm breaking up with my girlfriend. She's a mess anyway. Been lying to me, addicted, all this kind of stuff. And we ended up falling in love, and uh, she's been my wife for seven years now. Um, Been together for nine. But once I met her, you know, she really taught me how to have a stable life, taught me different ways of thinking, because I had been taught such negative internal speak all my life. She taught me how to grow from that, how to see things differently. And I had no idea how much changing your perspective on the world It just changes your world completely. Change your perspective, you do change your world. And we are total opposites. Um, She doesn't like a lot of the stuff that I like. I don't like the things that she likes. But our values are still the same. Our thoughts and our spiritual goals are the same. And we are constantly upping each other. We're constantly talking about ideas to improve our value of life. Let's make a goal. Let's work towards it. Here's the plan. 
And a lot of those goals have fallen through and I'm just kind of learning this about life. There's going to be tons and tons and tons of things that you try in life and it's just not going to work out. But you just got to keep going. Keep shooting your arrow at all sorts of different targets and see which one sticks. And that's my story. I want to thank you for listening in. And if you have a story that you want to share, it could be small, it could be big. It could be having a kid changing your life. It could be a survival story of how you survived a natural disaster. Maybe having a haunted house changed your life. I had a couple haunted houses and it really messed with life. Big time. You never know what story is going to connect with who. And you might just be saying something that somebody wants to hear. To not feel so alone. If you want to share your story... Go to our website, theblackmomentpodcast.com. There's tons of options on there for you. You could send us a video. You could send us an audio. We can schedule a time to talk on the podcast together. You can even just write an anonymous email if you would like, and I can read it on air. Just let me know if you want your name shared or if you want to be kept anonymous and send it my way. I look forward to hearing your stories. (laughs) 